You're startled awake. What was that noise? Wait, why can't I move? Your body rigid and stiff as though under control of an unseen force. You struggle to try and breathe, but nothing happens. Panic sets in, and that's when you notice a dark figure drift from your open closet across the room to the foot of your bed. Now you're in full panic mode, the comfort of your own room shattered. Unable to capture your own breath, your heart races, your eyes strain against the dark of the room as the shadowy figure creeps ever more closely. Inside your skull you scream, a scream of primal terror, of desperation, but nothing moves through your throat or out of your mouth. The shadow closes in, and now it's mere inches from your face. You feel the sting of tears well in your eyes as you squeeze them tightly closed, hoping against the odds this is nothing more than a waking nightmare. When suddenly, your lungs begin to fill with air. Your body loosens and relaxes. You're in control again. Your eyes spring open, and you see what you swear as a shadow fly across your room and into the dark abyss of your closet. Now fully awake, you let out a gentle sob. This has to have been a nightmare, you think, until you hear the closet door click as though someone or something from inside it closed it. Turn up the lights, my little darklings. Wrap yourself in your favorite plankies, and for God's sakes, whatever you do, do not fall asleep. Tonight, from the shadows, shadow beings, sleep paralysis, and the Fae, with our special guest, Gemma Jade, right here on the very best in paranormal programming. I'm your host on this journey, Dave Schrader, and this is my realm. This is the Paranormal 60. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't know. He doesn't stand for baloney. little darklings and welcome to another week as we begin june the halfway point of the year is here already how is that even possible listen we started off with a bit of a jolt a bit of a dark beginnings so let's take a few seconds to pull ourselves together let ourselves acclimate to the room or the the area around us i'll take you back out of that nightmare scape for just a few seconds before we return with our guest Gemma jade but first i wanted to mention a, th a few things i think there's still a little confusion going on out there with you my lovely listeners as i watch some of the comments that have streamed in on my social media and on rating pages for this podcast what happened to dave he's the host of the show why is he only on twice a week and who are these other people well I've always been on just twice a week here with the Paranormal 60. What I've done is built a little a little uh, comfortable paranormal nest throughout the week so that you always have something interesting and entertaining to listen to. Reaching out to my friends in the paranormal field, people I feel are underappreciated, underheard, and deserve a platform to be noticed. My good friend, Jeff Belanger. His podcast can be heard right here on my network. It is the uh, New England Legends podcast every Monday. He, along with his partner, Ray Auger, as they take you through some of the most bizarre and unusual tales of New England. 
Then for you listening on the audio version, Tuesdays, you get these episodes. You get our interviews from the Paranormal 60. On Wednesdays, the Searchers podcast, Shane Pittman, Ray Causey from 28 Days Haunted on Netflix, along with their third compatriot, Josh Purvis. They tell us other strange supernatural stories that they've looked into from history's past. And then Thursdays, you get to tune in to the very best in paranormal news. It's me and, of course, the contingent from Texas, Chachi, the Colonel, and the paranormal detective. And then every Friday, we are going to the land down under. That's right. True Hauntings podcast can be heard right here as well with our friends Ann and Renata as they give you an interesting perspective on all things haunted. So make sure that you check that out. And now you hopefully have a better understanding of how this all works. But I wanted to give you more to listen to and one place to find some of the very best paranormal programming. We may even extend. You might start hearing shows on Saturdays and Sundays so that we can give you a wide myriad of different type of programming. Let me know if you like what we're doing so far. You can email me, Dave, at Paranormal60.com. That's Dave at Paranormal60.com. And I hope that you enjoy the shows and the different lengths and the styles that we're able to present throughout the week. But for those of you listening to the audio-only version, you'll always find me here every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes of the Paranormal 60. For those of you brave enough to watch along, it is live Monday and Wednesday nights right here in this square we call YouTube. We stream it along on out on my social media pages as well. So for those of you watching on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and, and over there on Twitter, and, and for those of you even checking it out from Instagram, thank you for being here and being part of the show with me this evening. Got a lot of great stuff to get into, and I wanted to make uh, one last quick little interesting announcement. You know, we've been doing prayer and healing requests on the show for many years in all of my iterations of doing Paranormal Talk Radio, and I have got some great news. A couple of the prayer and healing requests we put out over the last week, a few people were in very dire, dire straits, and uh, one was a, a young boy. I just posted about this on Sunday. Uh, father reached out to me. His son was dealing with viral meningitis and was intubated and unconscious. And he and his wife reached out begging for help, a prayer, anything, healing. And we put it out to our audience. I posted it on my social media pages. And this morning, I woke up to a beautiful message from the father that I've shared on my Facebook pages. His son woke up. They removed the intubation tube. He is aware of his surroundings, knows who everybody is. He's still a little dazed and confused, but that's normal. But he is out of it right now. So we're going to just keep pouring the prayer and healing for that little fella and make sure that he gets home fully recovered. Another person that uh, I, I heard from last week, they'd asked me to put out a prayer and healing request. And they wrote to me today saying there's been a remarkable recovery. He's not out of the woods yet, but at a point they didn't expect. So your prayers are being heard. And thank you to each and every one of you that takes just a few moments of your time to pass those on and to say a silent prayer or speak it out loud. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. All right, let's get to it. Our guest tonight, interesting. She's got two books out right now, Missing the Fae Theory and Shadow Entities, Sleep Paralysis and Beyond. Gemma Jade is our guest this evening. Let's welcome her now to the Paranormal 60. Good evening, Gemma, and thank you for being here. Hello, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, looking forward to talking to you about this. I know this is really weird stuff. This is 
the stuff of nightmares as I was mentioning Literally. my followers today that they, you know, what's, what's on tap for tonight? And I started to tell them, they're like, oh my God. And how many people have come forward talking to me about sleep paralysis, shadowy figures, strange encounters. I'm just glad that uh, we've got somebody who can come on and, and talk us through some of this and uh, share some of the scary and hopefully not so scary ideas behind this. And then a little bit later on in the program, I really want to dive deep into the book. I think it's fascinating. And for those of you watching, I'll throw the book covers up again, Missing the Fae Theory. And this is this is interesting because as I get older and I read more and I stretch my imagination beyond its limited boundaries, I'm starting to think there's a lot of stuff I still have no clue about. And I'm so glad somebody like you is putting this down on paper and making it available for all of us to understand and read. So diving in, let's start with a little bit about you. Explain to people where you come from, what, what is your passion and why you're involved in this field. So I'm literally from Patterson, New Jersey, and I have been a lifelong physical medium. I didn't work with my abilities much as a child. I have an Irish Catholic father who just didn't, you know, <laughs> he thought it was so weird that I wasn't comfortable ever talking about it. And I ended up um, just kind of shutting them off to the best of my ability. It did not lead me to good places. So I decided to once I got a little bit older, I decided that I needed to find some way to not only help other people like me, because I now have older children who are going through the same things that I was going through, but to help other people out there. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just kind of got on YouTube and started rambling one day. And it ended up that I help people now come into spiritual awakening. I help people with understanding attachments that they may have, understanding um, basically more about spirituality and my experiences and what I've been told and taught from my guides and my spirit team about what it's like on the other side. I really want to dedicate my life right now and my career to just bringing other people hope and making, making people like us understand that we're not, you know, we are the weirdos, mister, but in the best type of way that we don't have to be left out and left out in the cold. And we can do regular things and still be ourselves. We don't have to silence ourselves like I did for so many years. Well, welcome into the world of the unknown. And, uh, you know, like you said, it's great to be able to share and feel like you've found your family. And that's what yes. I love about what we do in this field is it's so inclusive. It allows for everybody from every walk of life, every race, religion, and sexuality to come together and talk about the things that unite us, life, death, and the mysteries that unfold in between those pages. Now, you decided to tackle uh, the concept of sleep paralysis and shadow people and things that truly go bump in the night. And I know you have another book out there as well. These are the two we're focusing on tonight. So yeah. we're going to have to have you back for your other uh, book. But I wanted to start into this realm. You know, I've, I've been one quick to kind of dismiss the old hag sleep syndrome, the sleep paralysis as being more on the line of a neurological issue. And, and just to give you an understanding, the reasoning for that is because of the work and research I've done, most of it can, you know, 
can be taken away by medication or the way you sleep. If you are a back sleeper and having these issues, there's probably a neurological condition for a lot of them. Um, and I, I've often thought if it's really paranormal in nature, why does it stop if you're medicated? And why does it stop if you're laying on your stomach? You know, I always joke around that, uh, for me, I understand why something dark and evil coming in to creep up on me and seize me on my stomach would turn around and leave pretty much for the <laughs> same reason. Even my cats and dogs won't sleep in the same room with me at night. They don't want to put up with the evil that comes from me into the <laughs> darkness. But uh, but there is another element to it. And I've had one experience. And like all things, I can't summarily dismiss orbs because even though it's not my, my jive, I've seen some stuff I can't just dismiss and having my own sleep paralysis moment and experience and the way it was, you know, happening and, and unfolding was actually very terrifying. And I don't know if I was gifted that so that I would understand what my listeners and, and survivors of that around the world were dealing with, or if it was just my time. So talk to me about sleep paralysis and these nightmare creatures that seem to surround it. So <clears throat> when we are asleep, we are vulnerable. And I just want to say that everything that I talk to you guys about tonight is not only my opinion, but things I've learned from my guides and my team. So your experience may be different. But from the best that I know, um, when we are sleeping, our souls go on journeys. You know, how boring is it to sit inside of a human being's body all day long? We, we want to go, we want to get out there, we want to meet up with our higher selves and people and, and entities in the other realms, but we are not protected while our soul is kind of off gallivanting. And these entities, for the most part in these experiences, need to feed. And there used to be a time back probably in the beginning of time and, and going forward to about the mid-19th century, where priests and holy people would open these portals on purpose two or three times a year. And they would allow these entities to come in and they knew how to properly feed them. And, but now we don't do that anymore. We stopped doing it. Now it's considered an evil and demonic thing. I mean, everyone from priests in one religion to shamans to witches, every religion was involved. It was kind of a universal thing that they just did. These entities, a lot of them need to feed. And that's why a lot of the time, most of the time, People will not die of sleep paralysis, but the terror will be ramped up so quickly. And mm -hmm. then it's like it's gone. And it's because fear is the strongest lower vibrational emotion that we have. So they're going to want to get that quickly and get out. They need to feed. I mean, that's the fact of, for the most part, why they do it. So Monsters, Inc., the movie is not far off from the surreality mm -hmm. of the paranormal. If only they were that cute and fuzzy, though. Right, exactly. Uh, that's interesting to me. So there, it was kind of just a, a known and accepted responsibility of these different cultures mm -hmm. to allow these beings in and feed and then put them back away. Do you think that there were some that were lax in their commitment to this and left portals, doorways open? And that's why we've gathered such a strange mishmash of unnerving creatures? I believe that has a lot to do with it. I believe some of the entities, obviously they're lower vibrational, some are downright evil. They didn't want to go back to where they came from after feeding. So they kind of went AWOL. I mean, there's, I think that's one of the reasons from what I understand, they kind of stopped doing it and kind of pulled out of it 
as well as, you know, the higher ups and all of the different religions and just the way society is where they're like, you can't be doing that. Then it became that we don't believe in that. And it just kind of became, you know, something of, of a legend that, that they've done this, but they did used to do it. And that's not to say that sleep paralysis and shadow entities and all that didn't exist since the beginning of time, because they did. It was sort of an agreement between the entities, between in, in us humans, uh, between the mm -hmm. realms, if you will, that this was how we were going to work it. But a lot of them went rogue. A lot of them did things they weren't supposed to. And I think that's kind of what threw the whole system upside down. And yeah, I do believe a lot of them were not closed appropriately or the right way. I mean, where mm. there's probably a lot of them still left. And if you think about where a lot of those kinds of ceremonies would most likely be held, it's the places where we have a lot of people going missing or strange things happening and, and things like that. Now, with the information that you're you're sharing with us, is this information you glean from old doctrines and papers and, and things that we can follow through history? Or is this just simply through your guides and intuition that you get this information? This threw me for a loop, and it was something I learned through my spirit team. But mm -hmm. it was so recent that I haven't had a chance to really look it up. It was like three weeks ago it came to me and I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And, but I haven't had a chance, but if anyone does look that up and they come across something, let me know, because that would be great validation uh, for me as well. Well, obviously we've, the past seemed to have come to an understanding with creatures like elementals and beings that predate Christianity predate, you know, uh, our understanding and, you know, some say it's, it's superstition. Some say it was just the need for the people to have something to believe in. So they created these God or deity like creatures that they would make sacrifices to. But, you know, it does seem that in a lot of cases, especially the, the ancient stories that there was a reason for those beliefs because these were the things that they were seeing and experiencing. Yeah. It, and, and, I was really surprised, you know, extraterrestrials were never really my thing until very recently. And when I started finding out that they were finding, you know, um, hieroglyph pictures all over the, mm -hmm. the tombs in Egypt, like that blew my mind. And I started looking more into that, you know, and through all of my research with the shadow entity book and the missing the faith theory book, I did find that these creatures have been allegedly around since the beginning of time if not before, before our time. And the stories that I've read and encountered, even in the old novelizations, uh, some of these writers would share about feeding these beasts, these beings, mm -hmm. these creatures, giving them everything from small tokens to coins to cigarettes and alcohol or small bits of sweets and foods. And when they wouldn't, all hell would break loose. So again, it's interesting that there are different iterations of this that can be found around the world, cultures that didn't talk to one another. It's not like, oh, you know, the Chinese rolled on over to Japan and told them and the Japanese rolled over into Africa right. and told them and Africa rolled over to, you know, Europe and told them. These were all things that simultaneously seemed to coexist and it was just accepted as such. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that to me is what makes it so much more believable and so much more fascinating because now i'm like 
I want to know all of the things about everything. You know, I, I just think it's so fascinating. I think that if we look back far enough, I say in the Missing the Faith Theory book that a lot of the fairy tales came from somewhere. They all came from something. You know, I gave the Hansel and Gretel example that there was a plague going on where people were getting rid of their children because they had nothing else to eat. And it, it all came from somewhere, from something. And I feel it would be remiss of us as a as humans to think that we just kind of, you know, came up with this stuff off the top of our heads or that that's like with the shadow entities thing. OK, just for an mm -hmm. example. All of these people independent of one another, all going through the exact same thing and reporting the exact same thing all over the world for centuries. Some of it neurological, sure. Some of it science, yeah. But some of it, most of it, in my opinion, mm -mm, no way. All right. Now, in the work that you did for your book and research, what was one of the more chilling facets that you found one of the more uh, maybe anecdotes about uh, shadowy figures and their tie to uh, sleep paralysis? Well, I did. The thing that scared me most as far as my research and the sleep paralysis part of it, because shadow entities are one of the only things on this planet that scare me that I mm -hmm. don't like, you know, because of my own experience with them. But as far as the research, it was just knowing that we could be left so unprotected, even though we have an entire spirit team and guides and angels, depending on what you believe, that these entities could very quickly jump into us and kind of take us over or drain us. I feel like a lot of sickness could be the reason for that. And that that really was one of the things where I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is really happening, really? Now, you said that you had your own encounters. Would you mind oh sharing a few of the most impactful ones to you? I would say the most impactful and I've come across at least four other mediums who have had the same type of experience with them where they would come into my room at night when I was younger, right when I was starting to maybe understand a little bit more about my abilities and that I was communicating with spirits and not people that other people couldn't see, you know, that I was just special. Um, and they would antagonize me. Like for instance, I'd be outside playing with little spirit kids or my regular friends. And they would just approach me and be like, go ahead in 30 seconds, just run across the street as fast as you can. And I would look up and a Mack truck would come 30 seconds later. And it would have totally, it would have killed me or go ahead, bite that wire. You can bite that wire and you're going to be totally okay. It, it's fun. Watch, we'll do it. You know, trying to get me to unalive myself. And I, I don't know what the connection Unalive. is. Unalive. I like that. <laughs> hey, I'm a YouTuber too. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know what the connection between mediums and the shadow people trying to get rid of us that way. Or if it happens to other people, I have not come across other people who do not have these specific abilities that that's happened to. But I can't say it never has because I don't know. But that was the most terrifying for me. I... I heard a story truly gave me the willies at one of the, the conventions I just attended. And the guy was talking to me about shadow figures and he goes, I know that you think some of it's play of light with our eyes and the hypnagogic and hypnopompic states of going in and out of sleep where your dream world and reality can kind of blend and mesh. He said, but we were having some really messed up experiences and I'm paraphrasing. He used much more colorful <laughs> uh, colloquialisms about this. 
But uh, he said that he and his wife noticed often things shifting around from um, under the bed, out of the closets, uh, you know, from dark. If, if there was a dark corner of their room, it seemed that that's where things would enter through. Mm -hmm. And he said what was really terrifying to them was that there were times that they would be awoken at night to the entire bed bouncing like something was underneath kicking it with all of its might and their bed would just lurch a few times and then stop once they were fully awake. And I asked him, I said, well, did you ever notice? Was it, you know, was there a fire? Was there something strange going on that maybe they were trying to alert you to? He said, no, it was never anything like that. But I think as strange as it sounds, I think I figured out why they were doing this. And I'm like, all right, share with me. And he talked about how terrified he and his wife were for years regarding this. He went into a sleep study. And during the sleep study, they said that there were things moving around in the room. They didn't, the, the person leading the sleep study with them said, I can't, I'm not supposed to talk about this kind of stuff, but you had a lot of things in your room with you at night. And um, he got a CPAP machine, right? That's the breathing apparatus yeah. to help you breathe better at night. Mm -hmm. I guess he was a very heavy snorer. If that's a word, snorer. Um, snorer. Yeah. And he said that once he started the CPAP machine, they didn't have any more problems. And he said, I think I was pissing off the spirit realm or the shadow realm <laughs> because my snoring <laughs> was so abusive and horrible that this thing would kick and shake the bed. And he goes, I now I even wonder, was it my wife banging the bed and then blaming it on something <laughs> underneath to keep me afraid and awake? And he goes, but I really do think, cause I I've seen the things moving in a room. And since I've been on the CPAP machine, neither one of us are having these experiences. <laughs> it was, it's humorous, but terrifying all at the same time. Right. right? That, that, and he said, Dave, this isn't a light bed. And as you see, I'm not a light guy. This thing was kicking right. our ass up into the air our entire bed would launch and slam back down on the ground. Um, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of ability and power. Uh, look at that. Iris says, I've been saying sleep apnea could be one cause of this. Wouldn't that be interesting if they're in their own realm. And if everything is truly on a vibrational level, if you've ever heard somebody like my grandfather, my husband has sleep apnea. Oh, your husband <laughs> he does not use a CPAP. Oh, uh, uh, Chachi, our, our news reporter, We'd go to Vegas a couple times a year. We'd hang out and he would snore like a, a chainsaw going through yes. a 20 gallon jug of glass. Mm -hmm. And I finally got on him enough that he, he started on a CPAP. But if, if there was going to be something vibrationally that could traverse the universes, the multiplexes <laughs> of reality, these snorings could be it. I'll tell you in all, in honest to God truth that I could understand. If you've never um, heard him guys, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's wow. not wrong. So angry, but uh, isn't that weird? I think it's interesting, though, that the machine would would. I wonder if maybe he was sleeping so soundly that he he wasn't traversing astrally, maybe, and they didn't have the opportunity. But then again, that's where the old hag and the cat, the cat chest, the chest cat mm -hmm. thing—I don't know what it's exactly called—comes in. So I'm gonna have to look into that. That's right. Yeah, what Jim is referring to is the 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 old saying that the cats would steal our breath. We would find them on our chest yes. at night. Because I have cats that do this. They'll get up on top of you and they nuzzle you at night. But in the old superstitions, they were drawing your breath from you. And I think Stephen King's Cat's Eye movie even played on that angle, yes. if I remember correctly, uh, as though they were stealing part of our soul. 
but you just brought up an interesting thought. Maybe they weren't banging the bed to scare him. They were banging the bed because maybe, you know, with sleep apnea and with the snoring issues, it can, your heart can stop. Maybe the kicking of the bed, the banging of the bed was to try to save this guy's life. And that's an interesting element I hadn't considered. That's true. I know that, you know, every, uh, before my five-year-old took over his side of the bed, I was always with my husband every couple <laughs> minutes. I'm like listening and I'm like, Oh, nope, not breathing. <clears throat> you know, like I gotta get moving again. Um, so yeah, that, you know, it, it's, I know someone, I just wanted to um, comment because someone had said maybe it was tricksters or uh, darker mm -hmm. child spirits who were trying to entice me into, you know, doing those things like jumping in front of buses and stuff. And I just want to say, I at first saw that too, because I'm like shadow entities don't speak. And normally they really don't communicate telepathically either. But because of the other mediums that I spoke to um, that had the same experience with them, I really do think it was it was shadow entities. Shadow entities, sleep paralysis and beyond is the name of the book we're discussing right now with Gemma Jade. Um, and talking about uh, these weird experiences, it, were you ever terrified by an encounter with the shadow realm? You mean with just shadow beings? I mean, shadow beings in yes. general terrify me. Um, yes, I get sleep paralysis still all of the time. And it's like, even the crystals I suggest to clients, the meditations, everything that I suggest to other people works for them. And for me, it's, they are constantly on the attack. Most recently it's been, I'm terrified of rodents. I don't have a lot of fears, you know, born and raised Jersey girl, uh, not afraid of much and I'm a medium. So, you know, but mm -hmm. rodents. So, I noticed that recently I've been seeing shadow rodents all over the place. Um, and I'm literally jumping, you know, in the air. And a couple of times I have woken up where I, it wasn't just not being able to breathe. It was literally a shadow in my face, a shadow person's face in my face and their hands were around my neck. That's terrifying. I'm, you know, it. <laughs> Do you hear anything in those moments? Is it all silence? It's all silence. Um, I don't even recognize like any spirit around me. And I feel like when I try to call on my guides and my team, they are missing. Like, I don't know if they can't penetrate or if it's not allowed, but something is going on with so many people, not just me, but I know me personally it's like it ramps up for like six months and then I barely see them. I, now, I see you them are a like light worker. Yes. You're a light worker. You're an energy worker, a healer. Do you believe that that's why they're targeting you because yes. you're, you're doing this or do you think that's what attracts them to you because you're removing the ick from your clients? Are you making sure to remove the ick from you that you're taking off it? It's like, when you're helping, you know, there's been a, an oil spill and you're out there helping the ducks and the animals that are covered in it. While you're doing that, you're coating yourself with this schmutz. Uh, do you think maybe you're just not clearing yourself properly from this schmutz so that it is not, uh, yeah, I, just again, throwing that kind of concept I out I know there. what you mean. Yeah. I, I, I think most of it is just that I'm being targeted and, and people like me are being targeted. I've also, you know, I'm not shy to say I'm coming out of addiction, five years out of addiction. That was pretty rough. Congratulations. I, thank you. I know that they target 
addicts. I've seen demons attached to many people that I know and mm -hmm. shadow entities as well. A lot of them at once instead of your average one or two. As far as cleansing myself after I'm removing, I did go through the first year or so that I was in this. I kind of just threw myself into it and I'm like, I'll learn as I go. Yeah, then I realized you really can't learn as you go with things like this because I needed to know something like that. And I needed to know a lot of things that I couldn't learn as I as I had gone. And I definitely had a lot of issues because of that with bringing things back. Nowadays, no, because I'm very, very protective and very meticulous about that kind of stuff. But in the beginning, for sure, I just wanted to get out there and help people and use my gift and mm -hmm. And then I started realizing, like, what is this? Why does that? How did what what's going on? Why is this here? And then someone and I think it was actually Miss Paranormal Pixie said, are you like, you know, and, and she kind of brought me into that. And I was like, oh, I have to do that all the time. You know, you think you would know something like that. But I hadn't worked with the public with my abilities before. It was right. just helping out friends. I, I didn't understand that part of mm -hmm. it. But now it's common sense to me. And I look back like, duh, you know, obviously, Gemma. Interesting stuff. The uh, sleep paralysis, real quickly before we leave this segment, is there any advice you can give to people that are dealing with sleep paralysis to A, help calm them during that moment, and B, maybe even give them the ability to start to break that cycle? Mm -hmm. I can give you the best advice I ever learned and the best advice I give my own children and my mama, and okay. I give to myself, Okay. So like I said, fear is the strongest lower vibrational emotion we have. And that's why they want it so bad. Terror they want. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. And I know people are going to say, come on, force yourself to start giggling. Force yourself to laugh, fake laugh if, if you must. Because you know how like laughter kind of, if you start laughing, you kind of get a little crazy about it. And then you end up laughing for real. You will mm -hmm. confuse them literally. It's not even a joke. You will confuse them. They're not getting the fear they're after and they will back off very quickly. As far as preventative measures, the one thing I would suggest is keeping your space, meaning your home, free of energetic clutter and physical clutter. Guys, physical clutter, things you're not using, you know, right now, if you have an overabundance of stuff, go through it, get rid of it. There's a lot of attachment on that stuff. Even your own from like, you know, your prom pictures with like an abusive ex or something. You don't need those. That's bad energy. Just declutter and sage and cleanse. I like it. And for those of you uh, watching and, and have watched my adventures in the Holzer Files and Ghosts of Devil's Perch, that's the big thing I try to tell people is I don't walk in a place of fear. doesn't mean I don't get frightened. It doesn't mean I don't get startled, but I don't walk in a place of fear. I don't go in giving them the easy buffet. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to work hard to get it. And even in those moments when I'm startled and, and terrified, I will fake it. You know, it's a perfect example in the end of the Ghost of Devil's Perch when I got knocked on my ass in that uh, mine tunnel. I was it was full boisterous baloney. What you saw of of the way I was reacting, like I was in charge and everything. I was doing that out of sheer terror to try to no, 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 this isn't going to happen. No, no, and it was more like I'm trying to convince myself this isn't going to happen. I'm it. not going to let that right. And then I, I, but once I got that, my mind cleared. I was able to state, "Listen, I'm here to help you. You, you've got to do it this way. You've got to be cautious with the way that you present things. You have to be cautious with the way that you deal with things, and you know, give the spirits the security of letting them know you are there. You are hearing them, and you're going to do your best to try to make things better for them." 
So that's what, uh, you know, what I've done going uh, in, into the programs that I've been a part of. We're going to take uh, a very quick break. We've got more to discuss. And uh, again, you want to get a copy of the books. There's a link for it on tonight's program guide. Missing the Fay Theory. That's next. Shadow Entities, Sleep Paralysis, and Beyond. Gemma Jade, the author. Gemma Jade, our guest tonight on the very best in Paranormal Talk Radio. This is the Paranormal 60. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Are you like so many others coming into abilities that you don't understand and unsure where to safely begin this journey of exploration? Well, award-winning psychic and medium Michelle Welch has the answers. Michelle Welch is the author of the award-winning book, The Magic of Connection. Stop cutting cords and learn to transform negative energy to live an empowered life. In this book, you'll learn how spirituality and intuition can help you heal your inner wounds while staying connected to the people that you love. Author Michelle Wells shows you how to work with the energies that connect all people, and you'll learn to transform and transmute negative energy in ways that support your personal spiritual journey and help you reach a more powerful and meaningful life. In her newest book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more, Michelle teaches you how to identify and deal with the spiritual energy around you every day. Each chapter features a specific kind of spirit and teaches you how to sense its presence, identify and connect with it, and set the boundaries you may need, all while demystifying the process and making it easy and accessible to everyone from the beginner to the expert. You'll learn how to understand elementals, connect with an ascended master, protect against psychic attacks, astral travel, and more. Providing meditations, visualizations, 
and inspiring stories, this book helps boost your intuition and spiritual experience. Unleash the real you. Get the books, The Magic of Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Learn to Transform Negative Energy to Live an Empowered Life, and Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, ghosts, and more. Buy them now wherever you purchase your books or by using the link on today's program guide. Life is confusing enough. Why not make it easier with award-winning help from Michelle Welch? Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own. Issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal. Be paranormal, and order your copy, today. Hey everybody, come on out to the Celebrity Old Saloon Ghost Hunt in Paracon, Saturday, June 24th at the Old Baraboo Inn. I'll be there along with uh, investigators from Netflix, 28 Days Haunted, Medium and Psychic, Scotty Rourke, and so many other great guests. You'll be able to investigate, learn, and be there with us. You can get information at darknessevents.com. Again, that's coming up Saturday, June 24th. And then in the month of July in Wilmington, North Carolina, come visit me as we investigate the USS North Carolina. Are you ready to investigate history with us? Well, come along with me and get haunted. We're going to have an amazing time. That's Saturday, July 1st, 2023. It is my first journey there, my first trip to investigate. And from what I've been told, this place is off the hook. So make sure you come on out, spend some time with me. And then later on in the month of July, the pop-up Paracon Midwest Paranormal Conference. I'll be on hand along with medium psychic Chris Fleming. Uh, one of the paranormal cops is going to be there as well. Ron Fabiani Fabs is going to be there. We've got Father Michael Maginot. You probably recognize him from the Demon House special that Zach Baggins produced. It is going to be an amazing time. A lot of great speakers, a lot of insights into spirituality, the paranormal, and more. That takes place at the Woodstock Opera House in Woodstock, Illinois. Get your tickets now. Again, you can find information for that and so much more by visiting darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. Okay, my friends, in my Amazon store, you can find all of the books that we cover on the show, plus some other great swag, clothes. There is uh, uh, toys, paranormal toys and, and knickknacks and decorations and all kinds of fun stuff. Just go to paranormal60.com, click on the shop tab at the top of the page, and then scroll down to my Amazon page. You can launch in that way. And everything that you buy in through that link, just a very small portion of those sales goes a long way to help us in providing money for this show and keeping us afloat. So again, go check out my Amazon store. 
and that'd be a big help to me. And speaking of big help, make sure you rate and review this show. Give us five stars. It costs you nothing. Go ahead and rate and review us wherever you listen to this program. Or if you're watching along on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button. Give me the thumbs up. And then when you subscribe to the YouTube channel, make sure you hit the bell and alert you to every brand new episode that comes out. All of the great content that you can only find here on the Paranormal 60. All right, let's get back to it. Our guest tonight Gemma Jade, and Gemma is the author of two books, Shadow Entities, Sleep Paralysis, and Beyond, that we're covering tonight, and Missing the Fae Theory, and uh, that is what we're going to talk about in this last segment of the show. Welcome back, Gemma. Thank you again for staying late with us this evening. Hey! I'm so excited. (laughs) <laughs> the Faith Theory. Listen, there's a lot of books out there. Missing 911 or 411. Well, I can't even remember which one one it is, but there are all of these books that talk about all of these strange disappearances. And I've been discussing it for a long time, thinking there is definitely something beyond just human frailty and mistakes being made where people are vanishing. And we can't seem to make sense of it. And when you look back into European history, they seem to have a pretty good grasp on this and understand what's happening, or at least in their belief systems. So talk to me a little bit about the Fae Theory and all of these missing people, especially in nature. Yeah, so I called it the Fae Theory because there's obviously... There's New Jersey. I haven't heard it all night until there. <laughs> I called it over I here. Called it. I like you called it. I heard it, Janice. Uh, no, that's awesome. All right. <laughs> I called it that because Uh I think there's obviously a ton of things going on and it wouldn't be a night for me if someone didn't mention that. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking to myself and it's funny because you covered Lambert Castle, which is in my hometown of Patterson, New Jersey. And that's where I had my first experience with the Fae. And I've had experiences on and off since then, but For me, growing up, that was a place where I would go with my parents or one of my parents would take me to give the other parent a break. And we would just hang out and look over the city. And the castle was a museum for a while. And then I think it wasn't. And it was like a a few things like back and forth. And then it was like closed. But there's all those woods there. okay? and that was what when I first had my experience. So I started writing um, for a YouTube channel and they were talking about missing people and mysteries in mainly in the woods. And I was thinking of what happened to me. And it was kind of just this whole thought process of like, that's probably what's going on. So I started writing a couple of scripts for them and people were really digging it. And then I had a publisher reach out and say, Hey, can you make this a book? I was like, boy, can I? And I was knee deep in research and I still am because I want to bring a part two. But then it kind of connected with the missing phenomenon stuff, as I like to call it. And it's like, why not? There are so many things that go hand in hand. The Fae consider berries their food. It's a part of their forest, their land, even though they live in other dimensions. When they're here, that's theirs. So berry pickers going missing, could it be them? Absolutely. People who get, who offend them. Don't go into the woods. I would just advise, cause I never do going into the woods without, I bring some Jolly Ranchers and like in little airplane bottles of whiskey. Like it doesn't have to be a lot, a little cherry flavored tobacco. Mm-hmm. That's what you were talking about before, but it's real and it, it's true. And 
not all Faye, and I say this dozens of times, I say it every time I talk about them, actually, they are not what, they're not Disneyfied, okay? So they're not Tinkerbell bringing you to Neverland. I mean, they'll bring you to Neverland, all right, but they, they're they all different, just like we as humans, there are some good and some bad, for lack of better terms. There are some that are inherently bad. There's only one species of Fae that are known to be inherently good, no matter what, and that's the brownies. They really do sneak in and help you around your house. But why not? Why couldn't they be? The boulder fields, the shoes left behind. Um, it, you know, everyone thinks fairies are these tiny little beings, and sometimes they are, but I believe Flannel Man is also a fae creature. Think about ogres, goblins. Um, you know, it, it runs the gamut, but they're definitely there. Right. And last Monday on uh, Memorial Day, we did an episode with Mark Anthony where we talked about the red light demons and the fact that these uh, pilots and, and gunners in Vietnam were given these special um, red lens goggles that they were using and they were seeing these gargoyle like creatures mm -hmm. and it was like they were as disturbed when they knew you could see them. That's when they would seem to attack. So it was really kind of interesting to hear that aspect of it and, and kind of tie it in. And again, you're right. We think of the Fae, we think, oh, they're going to be these little wispy characters, these little, you know, avant-garde sparkly figures, mm -hmm. but there's so much more to them. Even in the case that I've heard people that are devout Bigfoot encrypted investigators believing that there may be a closer tie to the cryptids being more in the category of the Fae yes. than they are to an actual, uh, zoological creature right. that we just haven't discovered at this point. Mm -hmm. Now with the Fae, you, you said leaving things out, you know, trying to appease them. There are countries of course, that have rerouted roads, rerouted cities, rerouted things. Mm -hmm. Even in Japan, uh, there are buildings that they punch holes through to give free flow of the energy from their wow. realm. And yeah, it's really kind of astounding. You can read these articles about, you know, people that have built buildings in specific areas, how they build it around the pattern of the energy that runs through it, that they believe is run by their versions of elementals and, and Fae. So there is a lot truly given to that above just superstitious cowardly lot. This, there's a real concern about that for people that are in these cultures. Yeah, absolutely. And I say a lot of the time too, and I mentioned in my book, remember their magic is ancient and they still use theirs. Mm -hmm. It's not evenly matched. I believe all of us had the same magic and I believe all of us have the same abilities. It's just what we're conditioned out of. And as human beings, we don't have that same magic anymore. Obviously the Fae do. And Speak they don't for like yourself. <laughs> I thought we weren't telling anybody about that, Dave. <laughs> I, they, they don't like to be disrespected as anybody mm -hmm. else. And, but they're, they're also very, um, what I've noticed about them too, even in my research and just personal experience, they're very sensitive because they don't really like us. You know, we've torn down their forests, we've invaded their land, we've driven them underground. So they have already this disdain for us as a whole. Most of the time when you go back um, or when you're taken by them, you're probably not coming back. And if you do get sent back through that portal, you're probably going to be deceased on this end. And that's wow. why we have to really pay attention. It's a really dark subject when you get down to the meat and bones of it.
Yes, I do believe cats can see Fay. Humans can see Fay, but here's the issue. And I'm glad you asked that because it was something. Now, let me just, I'm putting some questions up on the screen. Let me ask the question just so listeners. Oh, sure. Yeah. That there's an audio glitch. I didn't hear Dave (laughs) ask that question. Did a fairy ask her that question? (laughs) Lena asked, can cats, and I would guess other animals as well, see the Fay? They can see the Fay just like we can see the Fay. The problem is, If you look on a fairy creature, and this is pretty much any of them, um, as far as what I know, Mm -hmm. they don't want you looking at them without permission. But if you've already seen them and know they're there, how can you ask permission? It's like a catch-22 for us, and they do that on purpose because they don't like us. They They can hurt you and harm you. Dogs that are out there, and it's always talked about how they refuse to track or they start going crazy and running in circles. I believe that's the Fae messing with the dogs, poking them on their belly. You can't see them or being like over here, over here, over here. And that's why the dogs act so nuts and refuse to search a lot of the time. Nancy Gregg asks, is the Fae the same as elementals? I believe so. Yeah. I don't usually use the word elemental, but from what I understand what they are, I believe that the Fae are pretty much the same thing. That's like water sprites. And, and I believe there could be a little bit of a difference, whereas certain species of Fae are more in control of different elements, making them elementals. But I don't think there's much of a distinction as far as I know. Captain Nina says, uh, Scott's Irish here from the Blue Ridge Mountains. We know that there are fae and other beings. Some believe that we are descended from them, especially those with abilities. What do you make of that? Is that now that's kind of part of the changeling thing, right? The fae would steal human babies and replace them with kind of these slightly off versions of us. Yeah, it's it is that, but it's not only that. Um, This is something else that a lot of people always ask, and I am right with you there. I believe that people with certain types of abilities do have fairy blood somewhere down the line, and it's not just through changeling, believe it or not. There are stories, and I covered some of them in my book, about mainly women, sorry, my computer, mainly women, but it happens to men sometimes too, Mm-hmm. where, and it mainly back in the day, but they would come out of the woods and it would be everything you've ever wanted in a woman. Okay. Perfect body, perfect voice. And they would just offer you themselves. And um, it would be a man for a woman and they would, the end goal would be to conceive. Mm. So a lot of the time it was more a woman approaching a man because they would want to bring the half human, half fate child over to their realms but it happened the other way around too. And then these human women were giving birth to children with fey blood and that blood stays in our DNA. It stays in our system. And I believe I get it from both sides. Normally though, for whatever reason, it comes from the maternal side for the most part. That's not to say it can't come from the paternal side, but mainly from the mother's blood. All right, before we get to Ray's question, then that that's interesting because extraterrestrials uh, have been known to harvest eggs and semen. Do you believe that extraterrestrials, the some of the beings, the grays, the gray, the, the greens, some of those, uh, there's there's ones that look like praying mantis, and do you believe that those are elementals or or fey figures as opposed to other planetary figures? 
So I actually did a video on this. It was a while back. Are Fey extraterrestrials or something like that? While I do believe there's a lot of similarities, I believe they're both ancient as far as our world is considered. So they behave in the same way. That's kind of what they've always done. That's what they do. I don't believe they are connected in that way where one is the other. But I do believe that they're aware of one another and that perhaps who knows if they're comparing notes or not, because I've found in research there, there are a lot of similarities. So the book I'm writing now is about the black eyed kids, but the one coming after I'm thinking of doing something about the Faye extraterrestrial connection, because it's people, it's so common for people to ask that. We will have to have you back. I know I, my ears perked up when you said black eyed kids, not that the rest isn't fascinating. <laughs> uh, Ray Lancashire says, Dave, can you ask, do the Faye only exist? in the countryside, or do they also come into the cities? They do not only exist in the countryside. They wander, they travel too. And I, I believe like just as with extraterrestrials ter are said to check on the people that they have that are involved in their hybridization programs and re-abduct or just they're seen kind of creeping in the room, staring at you while you're sleeping I believe the Fae do that too. I've seen plenty of Fae right in the middle of Patterson, New Jersey, which is an extremely urban area. Um, I, I believe they come there to check on their humans, but I don't believe mm. they really make homes there outside of like backyards where there are mushroom rings. You'll see, you'll see boulders, but I think they're just more at home and the portals are in the woods. They have to make a portal yeah. in someone's backyard. That's why mushroom what? rings pop up and then they're gone. That's fascinating. Yes. Wow, that's an interesting element. Um, I, I'm watching some of the comments in here. Folks, I see some of you saying you have stories of black-eyed kids or the Fae. Email, Email them to me, me please. <laughs> Dave at Paranormal60.com, and I'll forward them on to Gemma later. But send me those stories, Dave at Paranormal60.com. I'd love, I'm going to do an episode here soon, just me and you and your emails, and we're going to go through them and share all the cool stories that people have done. So please send those over to me, and I promise I'll forward them on to Gemma when I'm done. Um I want to ask you something, Gemma, you tapping into your metaphysical side, your psychic mediumistic side, intuitive, whatever the proper term is uh, for you on this. I have seen something that I've I, probably because of Disney uh, associate more with the Fae, but I've, I vacillate on this. So to give you a quick uh, bit of information, I was aboard the Queen Mary with Grant Wilson from TV's Ghost Hunters. And we were given a private uh, tour and ghost hunt of the whole of the ship. And we were down there. That's where it had been rammed when it was a full ship. And, and some of the POWs had been hurt or killed and injured in that. And we were down there just kind of absorbing. And it literally was just the two of us. And as we were talking in the very low dim light, you know, just this eerie orange ember glow kind of from one little overhead bulb way up there, all of a sudden we both saw sparkles and it was it, it like, like when you watch those firecrackers that go up and then they just kind of flower and then come yes. down, that's exactly what I saw. And I turned to Grant and he goes, Holy crap. Did that just look like fireworks? And I'm like, yeah. And as we kept talking, it happened a few more times, but no sound. And then I was at the Belvoir winery, the odd fellows home in uh, Missouri, Liberty, Missouri, doing an investigation in this kind of underground um, area of the um, 
I think they used to use it for cold storage. Mm -hmm. And while I was down there talking, all of a sudden, like four feet in front of me, just these white sparks and everybody saw it. And there was, I looked for live wires, anything. There was nothing there. So I wondered, was I coming into contact with the Fae or is this the energy exchange of something trying to come into our realm, a spirit or something paranormal in that fact? I would say it could be one or the other. I don't know that... Like, I've never seen a spirit, whether it be quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad, accompanied by mm -hmm. a fae. I don't know that they coexist or commingle in that way. So I think the the spark of energy of something trying to happen is probably the more likely answer. But yeah. even now, we're seeing extraterrestrials uh, behaving that way in the sky, from what I understand. And people are like, is this elemental? Is this extraterrestrial? So it could be one or the other. But for Faye to be in a in a place where there's something lower vibrational, or I would even dare to say demonic, for lack of a better word, I haven't, they tend to flee because they're like, drunken teenagers all the time that's a lot of their personality is like <laughs> that's not a lie it's like let's go have fun mm -hmm. let's mate let's that's why there's so many different species because they intermate like like crazy so i would say the energy thing is a more likely explanation if i were there, there we go you folks sure. you you have now got proof of what i truly am as apparently just a fae a giant bald dumb fae who just the mated and had way too many children and now you know what it's, it's in my blood I'm a fae, man. Back off. Uh, no, that those are really interesting aspects. Really, uh, wow. Some something to consider. That's why I love talking to different people, different concepts and belief systems. Because I, a, it may not fully be something I can embrace or grasp, but the concept of opening up to the possibilities, I love that. And even watching people's um, conversations as they're watching along in here and having them kind of have these realizations, these moments. Now, how do we know, Gemma, if we are dealing with um, the Fae interacting in our lives, mm -hmm. causing havoc or something darker? Uh, you know, uh, well, maybe that's not even a fair thing because uh, some of the Fae you said are quite dark. But uh, how do we how do we discern between for those of us that aren't gifted enough to tell right. the Fae from dark spirits or, you know, uh, or demonic spirits? Right. The Fae will normally want to make themselves known. They're very vengeful and spiteful. And I would go so far as to say 90% of the time, they'll want you to know it was them. They'll, I was haunted by trolls in my house, in my closet. I had done something, I guess, apparently in my backyard. I offended them. They want you to know. Whereas lower vibrational demonic entities, they just want to torture and torment you for possible possession to make you sick so they can feed off of that. Then you have to call someone like me and to try to get rid of them. Even when I go in, they try to present themselves as something else. And the Fae, most of the time, the majority of the time, will want you to know who you messed with. It's like a message from the mafia. Like, hey, we're the boss and we say you offended us in this way and now you're going to pay. And then there's that hybridization of the demonic fae that only troll social media and try to bait you into long discourse and <laughs> horrible discussions. For those of you that follow me on Twitter, you'll know that they're out seeking my blood all the time. Uh, what can we do to appease them? If we think we've pissed them off or upset them, um, is it is it simply as simple as leaving out a couple Jolly Ranchers or, or mini bottles or shot glasses full of whiskey for the... Uh, See, my dog's so dumb. I just know I'm going to wake up to a shit-faced dog on my carpet with a bunch of Jolly Rancher wrappers wrapped around him and trying to blame Stuck the Faye for it. 
Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the Faye, Dad. <laughs> it was the Faye. That's exactly no, what I, <laughs> I just got a mental image. Yeah. So <laughs> the leaving of the treats is normally like a preventative measure. Uh, you mm -hmm. can go into the forest and speak that you are sorry, genuinely mean it, and leave something if you feel like you've offended them. Or you can go in and say, hey, I don't want to look upon you. It's like, it's really about giving them the vocal acknowledgement and respect. I would say if you don't know much about the Fae, please don't have fairy gardens. Don't leave out little saucers of milk. I would even recommend, excuse me, not having an elf on the shelf. These are totems. Well, I would love for people to have a Gemma on the shelf. They, the Fae do not find that. They, they find it offensive. And having them around your house when you don't know what you're dealing with or how to really appease them or prevent them from attacking you because they can be quite vicious. Don't walk into mushroom rings. Don't pick berries. I mean, there are so many rules that you probably just want to keep them away from you. And a good way to do that is don't talk about them. Don't look for them. And don't do things like making fairy gardens to entice them into your home or having totems, even garden gnomes. I'm sorry. I go so far as to say garden gnomes have to go as well. Don't name them, please. That's it. You are so racist, Gemma. I know. I can't believe you're against garden I'm gnomes. I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> Missing the Fay theory. That book is what we've been discussing this evening. Uh, Shadow Entities as well. Those are the two books. There are links for those books on today's program guide. And please do me a favor, folks. Make sure to support the advertisers who support this show. When you see those links, if you're ever in the need or want or desire for any of the items, please buy them through those links so that they know that we're promoting them on this pro project and, and podcast. And when you go and you buy books like Missing or Shadow Entities, just take a few minutes to rate and review those books because it does go a long way to help each one of these authors get more exposure. It's like social media. The more likes they get, the more comments they get, the more ratings and reviews they get, the more it's pushed up and more people can find these books that may not know that they exist uh, and you. share them. Spread the word about these books and, and the histories out there. Uh, before we go, do you have a good scary story to leave us with for this evening? Oh my gosh, I have so many, but I can tell you that, yeah, I, I'll tell you a quick one. So okay. I, I just moved into this house that I live in now. It's the first home I've ever owned. Beautiful property, you know, out of Patterson. It's like a different mm -hmm. world. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I heard someone calling my name. And I was really confused. It was the middle of the night. I went downstairs and I'm looking around and there's no spirits. I don't even see anything evil. I'm just like, what's going on? So I'm lured out to my back deck and it was September, the fall time. And suddenly I see this image by standing by the tree. It's about 10 feet away from me and I'm groggy and I'm like, what's going on? And the face kept changing. It was like the whole top hat, cool looking cane, three piece suit with tails, tuxedo. And the face kept changing from like a really handsome guy to my favorite celebrity, to a demonic face, to no face. And he, the, the entity, whatever it was, it was so unfamiliar to me energetically, which is strange because I'm 40 years old. I was 35 and I'd seen, seen it all. I thought, mm -hmm. so I recognized him as devil, not demon devil. And he had said something to the effect of if I were to kneel to him, because I'm a devout Christian as well as all this. So he had said to me, if I were to kneel to him, he would give me everything I want except him and pointed to my stomach, which was weird. So I turned my back. I heard this howl like a, an animal, animal howl. 
And I walked back upstairs and I guess I went back to sleep. So when I woke up the next day, I was like, oh, that was a weird dream. But my downstairs deck door was slid open and there were leaves on my socks. It was real. And wow. about three days later, I found out that I was pregnant. I thought I could not be pregnant or get pregnant anymore. And I was pregnant and I did end up having a little boy who, out of respect for his dad, I don't talk much about it, but he is very special ability wise. And I believe that whatever or whoever that entity was wanted this child before he was born. Wow. Well, that'll send some shivers up and down people's spines. No, oh, just, yeah, just, just part of the norm. <laughs> Gemma, thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing some insights. I'd love to have you back on the show. Stay Thanks, with right? me during the, the yes. end and we'll, we'll talk off air, but thank you very much for being here. And thank you all for being a part of our world, for taking us along on your journey. Special thanks to our guest, Gemma Jade, and to all of the great sponsors, including Michelle Welch who help keep the show moving and to all of you who make donations during the program and after with the uh, super likes, super stickers and such. Thank you so much. And may the darkness be just a little more light with the information that we share here. We'll be back again live Wednesday with the best in paranormal talk radio and the news crew you've grown to love with the only news you need to know the paranormal 60 news this Wednesday. Uh -huh.